I'm Jonathan Mann. And I'm Matt Condon. And this is Digitally Rare, the show about digitally owned things now mm. as well as maybe in even. the future. First of all, downloading 365 songs off YouTube is like in and of itself. Although I was thinking, of course, you could probably find a really simple way to do it. I even I was definitely thinking about asking you. Sure, I was like, automate it. Yeah, but I was determined to yeah. find like I you know I know that there are solutions out there. It's like before mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. before I throw another computing problem at Matt, sure, I sure, will. Sure. Anyway. I sort of finally got to work, but then the problem is, I don't know. I don't. It just it didn't put them in order. I don't know. And then so I download oh. all these videos. So mm-hmm. first I had to like go way back in my archive on YouTube, right. find all the videos, stick them into a playlist, okay. bring it into here. It takes it about a half an hour to parse everything and download it. Then. For some reason, yeah, they're just like not all in order. I start mm-hmm. looking through them. I'm like, okay, this one, this one, this one. Uh, do you think oh, it's like organizing order. alphabetically instead of by the number or the order that they were in I in the have, playlist? I have no idea, yeah. but yeah. So, so, <laughs> so that's it. So, so that's so that's basically it. And then and then I just have to sit here and and put everything somehow. In order, right? Um, a lot of data, data. What's that called? Massaging, like putting it, putting it into its place. A ton of, yeah. a ton of massage. And this is yeah. for years. And this two. is just like, yeah. And this is just like the very. This isn't even like the first step. This is like this is we're several steps into it. But right. anything you have to do with this data, or anything I have to do with this data, I have to do manually with 365 pieces of right. Especially content. when that data like, is so tied to you, where it's like, okay, cool. Where was this? How was I feeling? Yeah. Especially how was I feeling? Exactly. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. No one <laughs> yeah. else can do that data entry for you. No one else can do that exactly. Yeah. Um, well, this anyway, is the so. the labor of art, I suppose. <laughs> exactly. This is yeah. the when people say digital method. digital works have no proof proof of work. Well. Mm. <laughs> But how about you? How, what's what's been going on with you? Honestly, not a ton. I've just been vibing the last few weeks. I kind of haven't really paid so much attention to Twitter. I haven't really like uh, kept my finger on the pulse, so to speak. So I don't I don't know what's happening. So I mean, not a whole lot is happening. Some things are happening. Always it are. has it has calmed down. I will say. It seems like the the exuberance mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. let's say February and March. Right. The fuel. The fuel, the the um the froth has dissipated. Have we topped? To Is a it, cert- there's no good you graph know, to weird. look at for NFTs, there, but there's ex- exactly. I, I mean there are. There are some. Right, and by right. the and by you know, like non fungibles dot com I think has one. Okay. And, where they track like you know total sales and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know if it's like if it's it's it doesn't feel like the same. I mm-hmm. think as like a, a a regular crash. And I was convinced that I was convinced that you know NFTs wouldn't crash again un- if and if and until you know Ethereum crashed. But of course, what's happening is that Ethereum 
is continues to go up right. at this point. Right. Um, and yet the 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 general consensus seems to be that um, the NFT, you know, people making the NFTs, and this is something we've talked about so much, like it's just gotten too saturated. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. there's just too, there's just way too many people making and not nearly enough people collecting. I mm-hmm. feel like we talk mm-hmm. about this every week, right, you know, right, but right. I think it's, um, I think collecting is surprisingly harder, not harder, but is, you know, if you want a large amount of collectors to collect things, the friction required has to be really low. And right now it's like kind of non-trivial to get your hands on one of these things, especially when they're all distributed by like bid wars and money. And so now you need either crypto and like that's its own thing. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And with, and with Ethereum becoming more and more expensive by the day, Mm -hmm. if you don't already have it, um, you know, the prospect of, you know, so we just launched this remix project too, yeah. you know, and 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 it went. Well, it's gone okay. I mean, we, the last week, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We, we we launched it, and I'm super proud of it. Like mm-hmm. like I could not be more proud of the, the art is artists that we work yeah. with. Yeah, it's just crazy, and and the remixes are so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. Um, if if people don't know, you know, eclectic method remixed ten of my songs, and I hired. We got like ten different. Uh, amazing animators to make these really cool short um, animated remix things and we're selling each of them but what I noticed you know when I started I made a little video for my YouTube people to explain to them what it was and I was like oh let me look up what 0.05 ETH is and you know it's like over a hundred dollars obviously oh wow yeah you know, but 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 I'm thinking like 0.05 ETH is is trivial right, and right, right. if you have a fair amount of ETH, it is, right? right? It's like five cents right. to an ETH, right, right? right? But but to someone who doesn't have any ETH, right. that's like a serious commitment. Right. Just, just, you know, and so... That's and a good so, point, is I think people who are already in the system have, like, an- price anchored to, you know, $200 ETH, and right. now they're off by 10x, which is definitely right. happening to me. I, like, see the funny numbers, and I'm like, yeah, that's five cents of an ETH. That's nothing. And then, yeah, of right. course, it's very much something. And and so and so, what is that? And, like, what do you do with that? Mm. Like, you know, you know, like, people dream of Bitcoin and ETH becoming more and more expensive, but mm-hmm. it just, all that does is it locks people right. in that are in, and it leaves people out that are out. Like, that doesn't seem... right. I guess Viable, the joke is you know? at what cost? <laughs> yeah, right. Literally. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. I mean, that's 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 the hard thing about mainnet is like you've you've priced out things that you know anything that's worth less than like fifty dollars or something is like not yeah. worth it to do. Um, right. And like for example, the Kudzu virus, which is something we could totally talk about. Um, yeah. NFT, like for context, NFT virus, you transfer it out of your wallet, but instead of sending it, it just creates a copy of itself derived from your virus's properties and sends it to the wallet that you were sending to. So brilliant. Love it. Very cool. Degree of separation thing. Um, what's neat is that because that's built into the transfer from function, what happens is you can sell your kudzu on OpenSea. And instead of actually selling it, like transferring out it, you know, OpenSea is happy to call this function and then the function succeeds. So OpenSea is like, great, you sold it. And then you can just put it up for sale again and again and again, and people can (laughs) infect themselves by purchasing your thing from Mm -hmm. OpenSea. So that's kind of fun. 
And Mm -hmm. what's happening is, yeah, if you want to infect, I put mine up for, you know, a trivial amount of ETH. I think it was like 20 Mm -hmm. bucks or something. Um, 0.011 because I had number 11. Um, But of course the gas required to infect yourself is like 50 bucks. And that's like, yeah, (laughs) but people are still doing it because, you know, they want the virus, but um, it's, yeah, it's funny. And so, yeah, one, one ends up pricing out all of these things and that's really like not cool at the same time. The security of the base chain is like a philosophical goal. Um, yeah. Yeah. So like, what's the, what's the ideal situation is the ideal situation that like eventually yeah. ETH or whatever reaches a point where it is much more predictable and static so that we can like have in our minds like okay all right so point zero 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 one eth is five dollars mm-hmm. and like you know or whatever it is right. are we do, do we is that even possible i mean right. there's stable coins mm-hmm. but that's slight that's sort of Slightly a different, different. goal yeah. like the u.s dollar is stable not because it's a stable coin but because people think it is um, right, right, and it's not, of course. Right, like, you it's know, not. Your dollar, <laughs> we've just priced your dollar only is so hard to a dollar right. is a dollar right. that like a dollar is always a dollar, um, which like could collapse, right? Like that's that's again, it's just like a cultural consensus. Absolutely. It's just a meme, yeah. And the meme is that the dollar is a dollar right now, but soon it may not be, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's ever going to happen to something like Ethereum or Bitcoin because of how right. tied they are to other aspects of like specifically the network, right? Like Ethereum as gas is, you know, different than Ethereum as governance and Ethereum as unit of value and Ethereum is, or unit of exchange and store of value. Like it's all kind of mm, not, I won't say complicated, but complex in that regard. And so I don't think yeah. ETH would ever flatten out it. It, there are too many factors. Because it's too many different things. Yeah, that's yeah. a good point. Also, not an expert. It's too many different things. Exactly. At, yeah. Yeah. And so I think there's a case for something like, I mean, I, to the point about scalability, I think the the view that most people have kind of taken over like three years now is that um, there's a sort of inherent trade-off between decentralization and this idea of like, you know, economic security and mm-hmm. the sort of cost of doing transactions and efficiency and stuff like that and throughput and so on. And so what ends up doing is you have this trade-off between, cool, do I want security and high cost or low cost and less security? Um, and security is like a complex idea, but you know boils down to proof of work at the end of the day. And so this theme right. of the last few years has been, okay, cool. We need to anchor on something that is very expensive but highly secure. Otherwise, why are we doing this? Um, however, in you know, in a realist sense, cool. Can we create a you know, in this case, a layer two or a side chain or whatever, some sort of higher level abstraction that d- has different trade-offs with lower security, which maybe you could anchor to that base chain, which is kind of like the cool part is like you can sort of it's like a transitive property of security. It's like cool if you have this. Uh, side chain or L2 that can anchor to the main chain through whatever cryptographic means. Now, yeah. even though your security on this thing is like a, by a validator set, which is like not the same as 20,000 computers uh, doing proof right. of work, you right. can have this like exit mechanic. And so kind of like a meta transaction or a counterfactual transaction, it's like just as good as if you had done the thing, right? 
That seems mm-hmm. to be the theme. And I think that's what's going to happen. I mean, there's, you know, people have been talking about scalability forever. And the joke is always that sharding is another half year away. Um, right. But yeah, it's, there's a lot forever. of promising yeah. technologies at the moment. And, you know, I think everyone's both hoping, praying and working on all of those things. But yeah, eventually we will find a balance. I see, you know, I, I, I know that OpenSea, you know, which is where, which is the primary place that I use for song a day is, is, it seems like they're, they're working on integrating very tightly with, with Polygon, Polygon, AKA Matic. Yeah. They've been um, the meme of the month, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think they've been doing a lot of good stuff on Twitter or have been getting a lot of good press on Twitter for sort yeah. of like developer friendliness and um, right. like really just helping out people trying to do use their, is it a side chain? I don't actually understand what the shift to Polygon entails. Since Matic, I wouldn't, uh, I yeah. wouldn't be able to explain it either. Yeah. Okay. But I guess the gist is EVM compatible and, you know, fast throughput plus bridge back onto mainnet. And so I don't know enough about the like security properties of that and like what you know philosophically that entails but it does seem really useful because it's evm compatible you can take anything that works on mainnet put it on matic and now you don't have to really care about gas so much which is you know super useful (laughs) yeah it has super big potential and you know if they already just like integrate into the way OpenSea works right and so that i think is the that is the not the rub but the opposite of that which is to say the L2 that matters to me is the one that assets I have there show up in Rainbow. Right. That's what matters to me. And Rainbow, right. Right. like every other wallet in the world, pulls from OpenSea. Yeah. And so if OpenSea right. integrates Matic and is like, cool, we're just yep. going to consider this, you know, the same as mainnet for, you know, display purposes. And now everything shows up in, in Rainbow and MetaMask, whatever, then great. That's going to be, we're good. that's what's going to happen. We're, we're is golden. Like, why would I issue yeah. on mainnet if I have, because uh, like, that's the reason the stickers aren't on Matic is because if I put them on any other chain, they wouldn't show up in wallets. And like, what's the point? Then? They wouldn't be there. Yeah. What's the point? Yeah. And so that's what you need. Right. Yeah. So yeah, that's, I, th- I think that's the sort of the, the network effect there is like whatever OpenSea integrates or like whatever Uniswap deploys to next, you know, it's like, that's, that's where everyone will go. Um, what is Uniswap? I don't know. I don't understand Uniswap. Can you explain it to me? Yeah, absolutely. I actually spent um, some time last month f- trying to fully understand Uniswap V2 um, because mm. of we were ideating a product around using that model of like an automated market maker, make it market maker for ERC one one five five tokens, which is the sort of semi fungible right. standard. It encapsulates all concept of ownership, whether it's fungible, non-fungible or something in between, uh, as well as like fractional or additional. Very cool. Um, but yeah, Uniswap is really, really, really straightforward and it's incredibly clever on chain because there's, there's obviously, um, a difference between the theoretical implementation and then the sort of like straight or the theoretical idea and then the straightforward implementation of that. And then on chain, you have certain you know, restrictions around, you know, gas and what you can do. And of course you want to make this mm-hmm. as efficient as possible. Um, yeah. So Uniswap is really straightforward. Basically someone provides liquidity to a, you know, it's called a market. It's really just like the combination of two assets 
And you, mm -hmm. what one does, what one does is deposit liquidity on both sides of the equation. So this is like an ETH to die thing. You deposit X amount of ETH and X amount of die such that okay. the ratio between them is the price of the thing. And, that's according to the constant product formula. I forgot the variables, but something times something equals K. Um, and so the unique thing about Uniswap is that this ratio is constant, hence the constant product. And so what happens is you have to deposit at that ratio. And then when you buy, that ratio stays the same such that when you buy ETH and give die, you give according to that ratio. Suddenly now you have a, that's the, that's your price oracle is the ratio like determines that price. Um, and then you can see how the, imagine like two pools of assets growing and shrinking, but when you divide one by the other or multiply one by the other, you get the same number. And that creates the line, the curve that everyone sees that like beautiful exponential curve. Um, hmm. And so, yeah, that's pretty much it is when you buy something, you change the balance of one by taking it out and add to the balance of the other such that that uh, ratio stays the same. And that works really well for, um, you know, it, it gives you this property of there is always a price at which this thing can be bought or sold. Um, and so what happens is like as a liquidity provider, you provide both sides of the equation. You provide die and ETH and then you get these tokens. It's like, cool, you own X percent of the liquidity. And so what happens is while these trades are happening, the way they do fees is really clever. They just stop accounting for them in the trade. And so when you trade die for ETH and there's like a whatever 5% fee, I don't know what it is. It's some basis points. Um, that fee is then kind of ignored by the trade. And so the, the pools of assets suddenly have more money than the protocol thinks they do. Um, or the protocol knows, but the trading side doesn't. And then hmm. the LP is the liquidity providers then get, have percent ownership of that liquidity pool. And so if I put in five die and one ETH, which is not the exchange rate, but whatever, and then a bunch of trading happens and then I withdraw, what I get is like 0.5 ETH and 10 die. Um, hmm. but the argument of course, is that that was the same value that you put in. It's just denoted differently. Plus the fees that you got, which is that like, because the, because of the missing, uh, the, the like dust, the, it's hard to, I need the words for that, but when trades happen, <laughs> dust accumulates in the pools, the, the like balances. And then when you withdraw that dust is given to the LPs and that's the fees. And so it's very cool from like an on-chain like math perspective is they to to like tally LP shares. They just don't do anything. And that's brilliant to me. I still don't think I understand, but okay. I also don't think that I am. I, I don't think that I'm going I, to understand. I also don't think that I think I'm you the did, best to explain this. No, well, I think you did a fine job explaining it. I mean, I understood the yeah. words you were saying. Well, then let's do let's do the abstract version, which is like, why is this cool? And the answer to me... Yes, yes. Tell me why it's cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me why it's cool. I think it's really... So for NFTs specifically, I think automated market makers are very, very cool. Now, of course, one of one NFTs is a hyper-specific problem. But once you get into fractionalizations and additionals mm -hmm. um, or additions, mm -hmm. what's really neat is, uh, and this is, this ties back to like what we see right now where like there's all this froth, everybody's creating all of these NFTs, but of course yeah. the vast majority are kind of, you know, worthless in a market sense. 
uh, down the mm-hmm. road. And so wouldn't it be really cool if there were some guaranteed value, whatever it is, cents, whatever, um, mm-hmm. for any one NFT such that you can, you know, at any time, if the, your personal value of this thing drops below the market floor value for this thing, you have the option of selling it. And that's mm-hmm. cool because the problem with NFTs is that they have no liquidity, especially when they're one of one, but also in general, you know, if this is a project that dies and now it's worth nothing, I would like to be able to liquidate these NFTs. And that's a thing you can do automatically. That's like a 10 X thing that like crypto enables you to do is you can have this robot, this smart contract be like, yeah, I'll buy that for this price. And that could be dynamic, like with a automated market maker or bonding curve, whatever, or it could be flat. Like, okay, cool. I mint this NFT as a creator and I put a dollar like in reserve into it such mm. that anyone can destroy this NFT and get the dollar out. And that's just mm. like a really neat property. It's sort of this like mm-hmm. confidence associated with owning the thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really cool primitive. And so automated market makers are one way to, you know, uh, create that situation and be like, okay, cool. If you have a bunch of additions of a thing, you can always sell it to the robot for, what would be the floor of the market without the the sort of dollar idea backing it what, what how would that how would the what why would you want to buy back something that is now completely worthless let's right. say like well, that's the thing let's is, give like uh, an example mm-hmm. like 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 um you know satman who who helped me you know mr satman who, mm-hmm, who mm-hmm. who's been my um sort of my my hype man uh behind the scenes here nice um you know he he went deep into remember way back in the day i think it must have been 2018 when the like those mlb bobbleheads oh yeah crypto, remember remember those uh-huh, they were like uh-huh. the first right, you know right. uh, so, so he, he he's a big baseball fan and he was into nfts then he went hard into them right um, and then, of course, that project collapsed. I guess yeah. is what happened, and and so now you know he has all these. Fr- he has he he says that he thinks he owns like three percent of the entire supply. Oh, wow. Of of these bobbleheads. So so in that context, like why would what? So so you're saying like you know he has all these things that are essentially worthless mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. Uh, although one could argue like I don't know maybe they have some, down the right. road they'll have some kind of like um, anyway. There's but an putting that, that aside. Yeah, I mean, putting I kind that aside, of like so let's say historically you, now, but, <laughs> right, yeah. right, right, exactly. Uh, but but so but that's a bad would, example. Right. But, so like, who's the other yeah. side of that transaction? Exactly. Like, what if something is completely worthless? Right. You know, why would you even? How would a smart contract work that would buy something automatically for 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 whatever amount? If it's completely right. yeah, who is the other side of that transaction? That's the that's the cool part. Is it's the robot, and that's set up. You know, when MLB whatever um, launches, they'll be like, cool, here's an automated market maker for any of the MLB um, bobblehead. Well, now they have to fund that robot. Right, though, exactly, right? exactly. And so what, one would, what I expect one would do, and this feels pretty okay, is especially yeah. if you're auctioning off these things, you know, scrape some money off the top and use that to uh, add liquidity ah, to either right. this automated market maker or to... The, you know, the NFT itself, if I buy an NFT for one ETH, throw like 0.01 of that in reserve such that if I ever burn the thing. And so the, all it does is create a floor. Um, you don't yeah. want that. It's very, it's, 
it's very similar to Harburger taxes or 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 um, Simon's other thing. What is uh, like Neelastics. Yeah, 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 the bonding curve. Exactly. It's very similar yeah. because because in those instances, you know, a certain amount of the thing uh, of the of the purchasing mm -hmm. goes mm -hmm. into this reserve so that you can always get something out. Mm -hmm. so yeah, that's exactly. Sort of what There's you're always suggesting. a reserve, yeah. and you can get something out. And with a market maker, with an automated market maker bonding curve, that amount, you know, is is subject to other people redeeming or not redeeming or whatever their tokens. Right. Um, but in this case, there's also this there's idea of just a, a flat number of a floor, yeah. Just, yeah, that that'll never go below, right. or whatever. And you don't want that value to dominate your NFT's value, and so it's not that you don't want the, like the money, the market aspect. Um, so it's not like I'm keeping this NFT for the twenty dollars embedded in it, because if I wanted twenty dollars, right. I'd burn the NFT and get the twenty dollars. It's just like this this primitive of like behavior. Where it's like cool. I have. You know, I've limited my downside, and there's there's right. this thing has some utility, even in the situation where nothing it's useful for nothing else. Right, and and maybe even that way, it's just more psychological than anything. Totally, and I think like that's the unlock. The, it, it, uh, yeah. Okay. So okay. Okay. So I understand that. So now 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 translate that back into Uniswap for right. me. Like so what bonding curves is Uniswap. Those are the same idea. Uh huh. Yep. Okay. A Uniswap okay. is just a bonding curve, um, but you know, in, in Simon's case, it's for like NFTs, and for Uniswap's case, it's uh, ERC twenty crypto. Yeah. Oh, it's for ERC twenty specifically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't do anything else. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, right, it's yeah, yeah, it. totally. I think you. I think you do. Um, yeah. I guess one of the other things we could talk about related to auction mechanics is Dan Finlay's. Um, idea proposal that he posted yeah which i don't <clears throat> totally understand either oh this one's even simpler i promise also okay 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 <clears throat> also it's called matt m-a-t-t -T, and i know I, what, do you remember what the acronym stands for it was this is I one of those like silly twitter th situations where i'm like um well so what i love about this is not not only it's called matt but it also was inspired by my pyramid scheme song that's because right because he didn't, he you know, it the pyramid scheme um, auction got too high for him, but he was like, ah, I really want one. Mm -hmm. I really want it. Um, I wish there was a way mm -hmm. to do this thing. And then he came up with this thing, and then he decided to call, and then he decided right. to call it Matt after you. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a it's a digitally rare podcast special. Idea. Yeah. No kidding. What a collab. Um, yeah, what I really like, because the problem, the problem that we're trying to solve here is that one of ones are neat in that they centralize the sort of narrative of a token to one thing. And that's like kind of useful, but at the same time you want distribution. One would like more people to participate in the meme. And so how right. do you find a balance? And, and of course this also ties into economics is like, if you're selling a thing, how do you maximize your value as someone who wants money? Um, or someone who lives in a society in which money is useful. Um, yeah. And so the hard problem that, you know, all auctions are trying to solve is like, how do you create a balance between who gets the thing, how much they pay. And then traditionally what's not part of the equation for an auction is how many of the thing exist, right? Because, mm -hmm. you know, you have a single piece of work, a physical painting, mm -hmm. or you have like 20 editions. Like there's no, like mm -hmm. in a physical, like it's just not part of the culture as far as I know, um, to have a variable 
amount of thing existing and then selling them. And so what's neat about Dan's proposal is that it adds that variable back in. It says, hey, much like bonding curves or neoelastics, um, we have we can play God with digital scarcity. We can decide how many of these things exist. And so then what is the optimal way to distribute this, you know, scarce resource that is scarce on some dimension, we're not sure yet, to the most amount of peoples in a way that maximizes how much money the creator gets. Um, mm-hmm. And I think the solution that uh, he came up for was really, really straightforward and, and really clever, which is that you just have people batch all of their bids. They say, okay, cool, I'm willing to pay X dollars or whatever for this thing. And then once that's over, you have like 200 people participating. You then sort those by how much people are willing to pay. And then you say, okay, cool. For each person that's willing to pay any number, give them a token if the money that they gave to the artist would be more on average than if the artist had issued less tokens. Does that make sense? Let me, let me try that again. I think so. It's that's in there is where I start getting confused. Yeah, we should just get Dan on the pod, huh? I'm gonna message Dan again and see where he's at with this. But this actually makes me think of you also released something this week. Oh um, yeah, that was really a little, a little thing. tiny it, thing. Yeah. But what, but is, what it? is it? I didn't yeah. understand. I released yet. a tiny little TypeScript library, which I'm going to merge into um, Pedro's or I've had his username's Pedro ID or something. Um, mm-hmm. going to merge into his repo because, um, yeah, Pedro Gomez, because I duplicated a little bit of functionality, but the, what it does is parse these universal NFT identifiers, um, which are useful because you have, okay, cool. The concept of a digital asset is a general idea. What's specific is on what chain they are and what standard they follow mm-hmm. and how to like mm-hmm. what contract they're a part of that kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. instead of like just passing around information in a sort of lossy way where it's like, oh, this is an, a CryptoKitty on Ethereum and here's the CryptoKitty address, mm-hmm. this is just a standard way of referring to that. And so it's like, cool, this is Ethereum mainnet. It is the CryptoKitty standard, which is you know not 721, so it's a specific thing at this address with mm-hmm. this token ID. And that is a, you know, that's all the information you need to perfectly reference a specific token. And so, yeah, it's, it's called a chain agnostic identifier. And I wrote some code to help you like create and read those. And I use that for like use nifties, for example. So like the goal with use nifties right. is to be able to support any digital asset. Cause it doesn't really care where it is. Um, if you want right. to look at a digital thing that, you know, this is your dream. Right. This is your, yeah, this is what right. you're after. Yeah. And so I just wrote this thing and um, didn't see uh, that Pedro has, um, you know, also partially implemented part of this. So I'm going to work with him to merge it. But yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I remembered something that I want to ask mm-hmm. you about. We had, we had, I had been bugging you, I think it was last week, about your MySpace. Yeah. For, for, and MySpace was the ideal social network for yeah. NFTs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, I was like, Matt, just, just build, build that. It, Come yeah. on, you just 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 take just take an afternoon and right, build that. Right. You know, like you build other things. <laughs> and you and you were like, no, wait a minute, this is a, this is a slightly more complicated right. than than building um, yat emoji. Right, right, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's still it's a good, still idea, a good idea. I th- I think it's 
I think um, the intersection, I actually wrote a blog post um, currently in draft for the Urbit blog based on this idea. Okay. Um, okay. But I think obviously this, I, it's not, I both think it and it is inevitable um, and also very yeah. obvious that our yeah. sense of identity and the things we own are like very tied together and reciprocal in that, you know, what I own is an expression of my identity and my identity is informed by the things I own. And all of that mm -hmm. is tied into like we as social beings, other people, um, like clothes mm -hmm. fulfill a utility of keeping me warm. But the reason clothing is like fashion is, is a thing is because there are other people, um, in the same way for fashion, this context is like the world, um, in, in Fortnite, the context is the game of Fortnite. And that's what gives meaning to Fortnite skins because of other people in the Fortnite game. And so this like right. cyclical nature, this like mutual reinforcement can will and w just will obviously apply to digital ownership and to digitally owned things. Mm -hmm. And the future of that obviously looks like a system, a social network really, but less so I, I wouldn't call it a social network, but it is, it does have all the features mm -hmm. of a social network um, that both understands cryptographic identity and digital ownership at a native level. Um, and, mm -hmm. you know, cares about who I am, the things I own, and then how I interact with other people. And that intersection, which is my space for NFTs, like that is what will end up happening. Um, because so mm -hmm. much of these things lack context. There's no digitally native context for, for yeah. context. And I've yeah. talked about this forever. Um, that yeah. will become a necessity and should be. And everyone knows this, right? Like everyone's like, oh, NFT, social network, like obviously. Um, but the hard part is building a social network, not the NFT part. And I think the, <laughs> yeah. the way to do something like that is much more roundabout because at the end of the day, this sense of like digitally owned things is really just a feature of a platform that people are on and building a platform right. that people are on is the hard part. Right. You know, you, 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 you were on this track with, with the Twitch stickers back uh, in the yeah. day. Like it's the same, you know, it's the same Yeah, that self-expression is, a, is a, you know, innate and especially digitally, like we self-expression physically is so ingrained into culture, but digitally it's like, you know, you kind of make it up as you go along. It's whatever the platform allows you to do. As you go. Yeah. Exactly. Well, and that's why MySpace, mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. why you say like MySpace yeah. was the ideal one. Because MySpace it. allowed you, can, you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, we've kind of lost that ability to customize our digital space, right? MySpace to Facebook and, you know, blogs to Tumblrs to Medium. You know, it's, it's all, it's, it's this right. like trend of reducing entropy to optimize for this like very specific mold in which to like squeeze our creativity, mm -hmm. which is great because, you know, through constraints, we get creativity, but through those constraints, we also lose the ability to be creative, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, it's totally true. Yeah. Um, that's why I think you should build it. I think you yeah. should do it. Uh, I we're, should I'm not going to, I'm not going to promise anything, but the, the, the ball has been, <laughs> has been pushed down the hill. Um, we'll oh, see good. if the snowball collects some other snow. Well, yeah, you never know. Um, well, this has been this has been fun and wild and ra and raucous and and very far afield in many different directions. Yeah. So that is the end of our show. As ever, send us uh, questions that you would like us to answer for you. We will do our best to talk rambling about mm -hmm, them mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. hours at a yeah. time. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Songaday Man, and Matt is Matt G Condon. Mm-hmm. Matt, is there something you want to say to the people? As always, get nifty. <laughs> <laughs> Resign. Yes. Resign. Cool. See y'all next time. <laughs>